It's all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Someday soon, just after the final chords of rock and roll all night ring out on that Shea Stadium stage, I'll pick up my bass and exit stage right. America will have seen the last of Kiss on stage. America was our home. These were our people, and playing the final shows will be bittersweet, to say the least. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest band in the world, KISS. Army, that's right. You wanted the best, and you got it. I am Matt Porter, and we are live in the Kiss Room. Of course, you heard Gene Simmons himself saying that. You know, when the last time I exit, now he says Shea Stadium stage. Could be Madison Square Garden stage, of course, because that's what's coming up. But when you think about it, man, that it just hits heavier because it's getting close. It's getting closer to that time. So really what we're going to do today, now look, I'm going to let you know a little secret. I actually had today off. Today was a uh, fun employed Friday, so I didn't even have to really come to work, but I did come in to do the Kiss Room Live because I know you're out there. But really, look, there's only a couple weeks left of the summer, and we got to live like we're on vacation. Right?
That's right. You got to live like you're on vacation. Now that, of course, was Poughkeepsie. That's off the soundboard. We're having the best time. Okay, no wait. Now look, I missed my chance there. I got a special guest in the in the studio here. Just walked in the door, and I said, Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Jerry, I'm thrilled you're here. Jerry Lee Watkins, of course, driving force behind the Kiss Room house band. He's frantically setting up some headphones. Also, unplug that XLR cable and plug it back in because I think, there we go. Now, I think I should, well, the one on the on the board, I think, might have gotten on, might have gotten jarred. There we go. Let's see. Let's go to guest number two. There you go. Hi, there we guest go. Number now two. I got you. See, that works so much better. What's up, Kiss Room? Jerry, I'm thrilled to see you. Now, here's the funny thing. When Jerry came walking in, the last time I think we actually saw each other was, I guess it's last summer that they played at the Mahoning Valley Drive-In Theater. They yes. played Detroit Rock City. They And then they had a secret feature, which wasn't so secret, which was they played Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, which, look, even though it was the European version, which I don't think the edit's as good, <laughs> but... They played when you see to see Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park on a giant movie screen. I want to give a shout out Virgil Cardamone who runs the uh, Mahoning Valley. You know, as soon as I saw that there was a Kiss night, I'm like, dude, we got to hook this up and blah blah blah. So Jerry and Fran actually played in front of the giant movie screen, and it was a party. That was a I blast. Could, I could not believe how many people showed up. I mean, this place was out in the sticks. Took us like an hour and a half to get there. It's up the Turnpike in Lehighton, and you can you can camp there. Uh, you could stay overnight. It's a it's a wonderful little place. They they'll feed you if you want. You know, it was great, and and I couldn't believe how many people were in kiss makeup, right? You know, in costumes in the middle of the summer too. You know, it was hot as hell. It was it was hot as hell. Hotter than hell. But you know, the great thing was there were a ton of people in makeup. It really felt like a big kiss event. Yeah, I was I was I was very impressed. I honestly didn't think it was going to be a big turnout because it was, you know, a very hot day. But I was I was you know I had a great time, and so did Fran. We Shout out, yeah, Fran. His family was up yeah. there. That was such a bless. It was great. So they that's... stayed. I think they stayed overnight. They Fran, did. Yeah, I think they camped out. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did. They uh, they got a spot and they watched the movies and they just stayed. You know, it's funny because that's one of the things that I think about all the time. It's all about the event. You know, you get together with your friends. I remember I sat next to Peter Arquette. He was even there. Of course, a lot of you know he runs a Kiss Kiss Asylum, or that's you know, another, I was just, I was very surprised that he was there. You I know, had the best time. Great. He actually said he goes there all the time. He took some great pictures. He got yeah. great pictures yeah. of me. You know, so the funny thing is, like, but then here's the thing, right? You may have for those of you, it's radio, so you can't really tell. But uh, the last time I said, Jerry, I said, look, I think you're half yourself. The weight loss <laughs> transformation is astonishing yeah, and can't, inspiring. You can't see it on the right. <laughs> right. You can't, if you can imagine, he, I'm, I'm going to put him on the spot, but you're really half yourself. I am literally half myself. Um, about two and a half years ago, I, I started this you know, new lifestyle. And I was, I was about 296 pounds at that point. And I've been heavier in my life, but that was... That was where I started. So I'm uh, 154 pounds now. Looking great. Unbelievable. Yeah. So those of you, uh, you know, you're listening on the radio, imagine in your mind a very svelte. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> you look great, Jerry. So, so, yeah, that's probably the last time we saw you. You know, it's funny. Everybody who's been following the Kiss Room for a long time, you know the Kiss Room house band. Originally, the guys from Rock and Roll Over came in, and, and we had great fun with you with that. And then little by little, one by one, it became the Kiss Room house band. And I know Steve Campagna is even listening, so you shout out oh, to nice, him. Oh, nice, nice. You know, it's like, I think, uh, you know, as 
which we always had the best time. And of course, like a like a subway train coming down a one way street, COVID happened, and we yeah. couldn't be in here. And uh, you know, it kind of took all the all the steam out from the back of that. Now, the thing that's amazing is during that time, you guys doubled down and created more music. Yes, remotely. That was, that was great, and uh, and that really helped us all. I mean, uh, you know, cope with the whole COVID thing and being, you know, isolated for so long. It, it was, uh, it's the technology out there that's available is is really wonderful. And you can do some great things from your home, just sitting around in your basement in your underwear. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> or sitting around in this studio in your underwear. You know, it's it's funny because that's, um, you know, that's one of the things I, I do enjoy being live. Like when we weren't live, it was pretty tough. Like, you know, and, and you know, you try to record at home and I don't think there's the same energy. You no, know, it's I, like, I agree. But, you know, for me personally, I, I play live six days a week. So I'm always performing literally, you know. So for me, the... The, the thing I get to do the least is record. So <laughs> this version of the Kiss Room House Band is really, it's very exciting for me because I get to stretch my producer muscles and play all of my guitars and, and use all my amps and my drums. I get to, you know, really use what I have and I'm home. And I still get to kind of collaborate with Fran. We have an, you know, an ongoing back and forth. I send him stuff, he sends it back, and, you know, and that works out great. And, you know, I, I just... It's, I think we're about 160-some songs deep now. That's And know, some real obscure cuts. I mean, gonna, things you're... Finish the you're not going to hear bands do like some of these songs, which is really incredible. And, and it's really fun to kind of capture, you know, the essence of the original tracks. I, I really try hard to make them as close to the original as I can. And, and sometimes that's difficult, you know... Fran isn't Ace Fraley, you know, nor is he Bruce Kulick. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad sense. I just mean that, that you know, everyone plays someone else's parts a little differently sometimes. It's hard. Well, to- it is funny. The one time I remember he was in here and he started playing the one Ace lick, you know, in the studio. And everybody kind of just looked at him and play it again. <laughs> That's the most fun thing. Well, you know, it's funny. We're going to keep talking. But we're also going to keep rocking. That was one of my goals today. And now, speaking of Kiss tributes and things like that, there is a band, a Kiss tribute band, coming to the Music Fest. I'll give you a hint. Let's play this song.
That's right. And of course, you are listening to The Kiss Room. We are here for the August issue of The Kiss Room. I have my special guest. Thrilled to see him. Mr. Jerry Lee Watkins here in the studio. Of course, if you couldn't figure that out, that, of course, was Mr. Speed. We were just saying Mr. Speed off Rock and Roll Over, which, of course, one, I think for both of us, a favorite album. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, it's Mr. Speed. The Kiss Tribute Band is going to be at Music Fest Cafe at the Steel Stacks. And that's Friday, August 18th. Of course, that's 101 Founders Way, Bethlehem, PA, 18015. So really, if you're listening live, it's a week from now, correct? It's the 18th, and uh, you can have a great time with that. Obviously, they put on a killer show. That's a great stage, too. I mean, they can, they're going to be able to do some good stuff on that stage. It's a, it's a great And you've seen their stage is yeah. really magnificent. I mean, they really go all out. So I'm excited. If I can, I'm going to see if I can swing it to go up there. You know, I don't necessarily plan things out ahead of time. Those guys have been around, what, 15 years? Mr. Speed has a lot of longevity. I mean, that's really, there's no doubt about it. So those of you in the sound of my voice, Music Fest Cafe at Steel Stacks. Of course, that is Mr. Speed coming up. Now, while we were talking, we were talking uh, while we were listening to some Kiss was um, Ace. You were talking about an interview you read with Ace. I I watched an interview the other night with Ace and he was talking about the recording of Rock and Roll Over and uh, historically Ace is you know back and forth on everything doesn't really have a solid opinion except on the elder that (laughs) he's certain of hated the elder and uh, he was just describing how great it was it was to work with Eddie Kramer and how Eddie you know loved to try different things different amps and all different types of guitars and you know putting microphones around and that's why ace chose him for his solo record and you know like he was just very positive about it if you could, I, I wish i could remember who the interview was with but uh it was really 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 good ace presented himself very nicely and and um uh, in fact, he kind of backstepped a little bit on the elder, which I thought was interesting. You know, he kind of said it was it was a, it's a great album. He said I I did some great solos and I wrote some great <laughs> songs, which he did, right? right. And uh, but he said that it just wasn't the right time, which you know you could say that for Carnival Souls, right? right? That was probably the wrong time for that record. Uh, you might even be able to say that for Destroyer. If you if you look at Dress to Kill versus Destroyer, I mean they're two completely different sounding records. Everything like, pretty much is depends on the success. If the Elder comes out and it's great. and becomes Star Wars, oh man, I love it. It's, it's the this new fantasy blueprint. concept, right. right? Then everybody would love it. And then the fact is, when you think about that era, when that now first of all, so when that comes out, I'm probably about I don't know twelve or thirteen. Man, that was right in my wheelhouse. It's like this whole fantasy thing in my. I could dream the whole movie in my head was you know what this looked like and what that like and you know all these characters and everything. I loved it. It yeah, came out. I, I was I like rolled, you know, and I rolled right into all those changes. And I, I still say like. If you put, I think Destroyer is just as different as Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, and Dress to Kill as right. The Elder is different than Love Gun and Rock and Roll Over, right? And the Live 2 songs. I think The Elder is a fantastic album. and uh, I couldn't agree more. I think really the funny thing is, I think, you know, in some ways the difference, like obviously in my mind, especially looking back at it now, they were kind of going for Led Zeppelin, you know, like this fantasy thing, like the door, and you go, well, who wouldn't want to be Led Zeppelin, right? So they're thinking like that. The difference, I think, with Kiss, we had really become spoiled. There's no pictures of them on it. 
The yeah. logo's tiny. Like, you kind of want yeah, larger than element, life, Kiss. Yeah, the visual element wasn't there. And it was like, well, what's going on? I you think know? that had a lot to do with the drummer being not there. And, them not, you know, like, you, you see they put Ace on the cover of Creatures. That right. was probably just in case he wanted to come back. You I know, think they didn't want to admit he Contractual left. error. Yeah. You know, I think that's know, exactly contractual why. Contractual thing. Yeah. I think at that point they, they had broken their contract. If, if three of the four weren't in the band, I don't think they wanted anybody to know. Right. Which, you know, it's like, look, a lot, and it's funny, because that's, it goes back to, you know, I started off the show and said, you know, you got to live like you're on vacation. And I started with the clip where Gene says, you know, someday soon I'm going to exit that stage and it'll be the last time. And I think it's one of the things that I've reflected on a lot is the fact that, you know, especially looking at what is going to be the end of the road, December, is we've always had some some version of Kiss. And I think we got spoiled by the fact that you they would change and you could love it or not, but it was always there. Right. You know, there was something new coming out from Kiss. They were still on TV. They were doing their thing. It gave you something always to be excited about. You know, they didn't disappear. You know, they didn't, you know... Well, gee, whatever happened to Kiss? Well, I know where it. Kiss is alive and well. You know, it just takes a little bit of, of time. It's very similar to the news. If you can get through the cycle right. onto the next story, you're good to go. And I, I think, you know, everybody talks about Kiss 2.0. And, and I hope and think and suspect that that's going to happen. And I don't, I don't see why it shouldn't. There's so many people that I know that, barely know the makeup years that right. they came into Kiss like with Amalize you know and, and like they don't even know from this Kiss so even this Kiss is kind of new for them you know they're going back and, and retracing their steps and uh, you know I, I, I honestly I would love to see a Kiss that concentrated on the second half to me that would be something that the fans could bite into because they're not going to hear Detroit Rock City and Strutter, even though they might want right. to, but they're not going to hear the same set list that there's here and now. They're going to hear a whole new generation. And all those fans that were 15 and 16 when they first got into Kiss and the animalized years and so forth are going to be the, the money, the breadwinners. Right. They're going to control <laughs> the economy. They're going to go to those concerts to see Kiss 2.0 play Animalize and all the rest of those records. Absolutely. No so doubt so what mind. we could have is another band maybe playing a Kiss song just like this.
There we go. Now look, now we were just talking about cover bands. Could we do, you know, Kiss 2.0? But now the, the next part of that was Strutter, which is why I picked that song. Strutter, the band, is coming to the Main Gate Nightclub, 448 North 17th Street, Allentown, PA, on Thursday, August 31st. So this month, you have like two chances to see Kiss cover bands in the area within the sound of my voice. So, you know, who knows? It's a Thursday night. That's uh, I think that's the start of school. But is that also maybe Memorial Day or Labor Day yes. weekend? So look. You, you got fun wherever you want it. That's the thing that I like. Now, it's funny because while we were listening to that, we were still talking about KISS 2.0. And I think really what you need to figure out, you got to find some young cats in their 20s, same as KISS was when they started. Yes, KISS has to do this. KISS right? needs or, to do it because they need to do it big. Right. And they need to find kids yes. that look like them. Yes. You know, or let's say, okay, by the time it's it's animalized, so now they're in their late 20s, early 30s. I don't know everybody's birthday, although Gene Simmons has a birthday coming up. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. But the funny oh, thing is, <laughs> trademarked, but the, uh, the, funny, the funny thing is, I'd like to see, I don't know that, like, it's funny. If they did a Kiss tour, just like a regular tour, with a band that's not Kiss, I don't know that people would necessarily go. Like, I'm not shelling out $150 to see Kiss 2.0 necessarily. But I'd go to the Sellersville Theater and pay $40. Like, but that's I don't know point. that I'm paying. I think that's really the, when it comes but, down to it is what's the experience. But think about this. There are tribute bands now that are selling out huge true, venues. True. Led Zeppelin tribute bands. Like, that's what I'm saying. As, as time goes on... The audience doesn't disappear. They just get older and have more money, and they look forward to more nostalgia. Right. So it, it just I think it just makes them hungrier. In fact, there there might even be a larger audience for Kiss 2.0 than there is now. Like, because the kids who are going to see Kiss now are going to grow up and have their own kids, and they're going to take them to see Kiss 2.0. It's just going to keep going like a domino. Like, that's that's actually the funny thing is even when you think about it, now that we're, we're headed into like September, and I always kind of associate September with back to school, obviously, but I also associate a lot of time with like high school. Every year of high school, September meant a new Kiss album. September is my birthday month, and honestly, I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart, and this is really silly, but it's true. Whenever I even hear the word September, the Paul Stanley solo album cover comes up in my head. <laughs> the, the image. That's, right. That's September to me. Those albums came yeah, out in September. Not school. Right. Not school. It was <laughs> but then you figure, like, you know, Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum, they're all September releases. So yeah. it's like one of those things where you were going back to school. But yeah, think about that. All four solo albums came out. It was the, in the middle of September, 1978. Yeah, nobody buys records in the summertime. If we could go back to 1978... Let's just think about that for a second. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> That's where I'd go. That, I was, that, you I know. was talking about my to my wife this morning about that. Um, I used to, because now online, you see all the old cream magazines, like Circus. I owned all of them and would cut out the pictures. And I had my Kiss book. It was a big brown binder, you know, the old ring binders. Right, sure. And I put all my pictures in there and it was like it was like seven or eight inches thick <laughs> it's incredible to see all this now and yeah you know, that's a, that's a different thing with today is the the amount of exposure we didn't have that kind of exposure that people right. have today you know we we had to scrape and and scratch to get any kind of 
concert footage or you remember going into the record castle and places like that and you'd find a, a demo tape or a bootleg concert and it was incredible. Now they're you can find 6,000 of them on online. Now there's a billion of those, and they're all released by Sam Loomis. But I'm not going to say who Sam Loomis really uh, is. I don't know. And, and, you know. I'll tell you, there are I some great... I think it's you. I think it's you. Uh, no, it's I you. I don't know what the guy's name is. I think his first name is Ed Warner. He's in one of the KISS Facebook groups. But he posts, I don't know where he's gotten them, just like amazing pictures, some that I've never seen before. Like, there's so many pictures now that... That I don't even know who took them. Like, mm. they're great. Like, there was some a couple others of, of Paul and Gene when they were in the studio recording Animalized. I've never seen those pictures. Like, they're holding up the number album right. it was, and like he even they, they knew they did that. You know, it's funny because a lot of it is, I think, in a way, it's the best and the worst thing of in the seventies. There wasn't much footage floating around, so when you saw it, it was really meaningful. Absolutely. Like if it was PM Magazine, and Bob Brodsky, if you're listening, you're snickering right now. <laughs> but, I mean, it was one of those things where if they were on this, the rock group Kiss came to Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh, there's some footage. Right. You're like, right. now there's so A much. commercial Now gold. it's live, you know, on everybody's Facebook, you know, live. The minute it's on, it's yeah. almost oversaturated. Yeah. But at the time, right, like if the Kiss Alive 2 commercial. That would come on, and there's the 30-second version right. that would be on regular TV. Like you said, that was gold. And you barely saw it. Right. right? <laughs> but I think, and that's the thing, they were able to By so the time carefully. The flames, you didn't even hear it, right. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, my gosh. And it was just, and I think that's that's the difference now. Like, And, and I think it's funny because um, my brother, I was talking to him, he's reading a, a book about, you know, 80s metal bands and stuff like that. And I think the difference really is with Kiss it was almost like it was manufactured more in your mind because you got a small Absolutely. taste and then you imagined. Well, I'm, I'm, I make that argument to everyone that, that uh, about when they do documentary movies, like they did the one on Queen and they right. did the one on Elton John. Um, my kiss is not someone else's kiss. I saw kiss through the eyes of Paul Stanley, right? I, I actually was looking at Gene, Ace, and Peter in the room. Through Paul Stanley's eyes. That was my kiss. Everything was seen through Paul's eyes. <laughs> right. Now, I, I probably couldn't say that for Steve. He probably saw things through Gene's eyes or whatever, you know, like, so it's like when they make these movies and, they, you know, they always try to like, they give you the highlights, which most of the true fans already know, you know, and it, it's just, it gets homogenized, you know, I... But even that's what's funny, and this is, I think, where, I mean, obviously, look, we can't be 10 years old anymore, but, but after you read all their autobiographies, you're looking through the eyes of Paul Stanley that you imagine is having the best time ever, and then you read his book, and yeah. it's like, he sounds like all upset, and yeah. this and that, and you, yeah. and you realize, he sounds like you know, he had a tough time with family. He had a hard time yeah. balancing, you know, wanting to be the Paul Stanley that we imagine, and his real life. I, I think I think you can blame the makeup for that. I think that's the only thing. I mean, he might have some psychological issues as well, but who doesn't? You know, right, <laughs> right. But I mean, the fact that they couldn't really necessarily enjoy their fame. It's not like you know, if you're Donald Trump and you walk into a room, everyone knows you. You know, like Paul Stanley walked in a room. He was, you know, the highest, one of the biggest rock stars in the world. Who knew? Somebody had to whisper, oh, that's the guy from Kiss. I think you know? that's that guy from Kiss. You know, it's really funny. I was watching an, uh, and then a little clip. And would you clip. believe it? Well, there was a clip on- How does on, he prove uh, it? 
um, they were interviewing Bon Scott about the 1978 tour with Kiss, with and Kiss. he's talking about you know he's oh, this guy Gene Sudman oh, yeah, yeah. came in and he saw us and he's like you guys are gonna go on tour with us and then of course if you're on YouTube long enough another video pops up where they're talking to Gene and he says I took Angus out to get something to eat and everybody now let's see you figure this is 1978 so Gene still's wearing the makeup but he says everybody starts to know who I am. And he says, everybody's kind of swarming over and they're starting to circle around and they all want to kind of see what's going on. And he says, and Angus orders a Frankfurter <laughs> and beets. Oh my God. And he says that they're all looking and he goes, look, get the guy some beets. <laughs> it's just like, you know, but I think that's the thing. And that's around the time when we're starting to see handkerchief over the nose gene. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and that's one of the think, funny you know, things, he, right? And then he, he was, uh, I think he was trapped by it because he wanted to then yeah, be a movie and, star. And he, he wanted to tease people with that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, going back to, and that's why they he was controlled, famous women too. Right, they can, well, and of course, Diana Ross and Cher at their most beautiful, and you go, I, Gene, I can see that success agrees with you. But the, uh, you know, Cher at her most Cherness. So it's just, you know, like, yeah, uh, I am. But the, uh, but even that, they were controlling. Like he could have walked out and said, I don't care. Here, take my picture. But the handkerchief made you think. Yes. And to like a 10, 11 year old, Oh, that's the greatest. Yeah. It's Superman. It's Batman. It was superheroes. They have a secret identity. He's Absolutely. Gene Simmons. I think that's all part of it. And it's just fun because I think looking back on it, that's the thing, you know, kind of circling back to what we're talking about with Kiss 2.0. Could they find people that look like a young Kiss that Absolutely. can perform like Kiss, which would be great, you know, but, and I think that's really where it's at. I think the hardest, the biggest challenge with Kiss 2.0 which might not be a challenge, but at least it's a challenge with the tribute bands, is sounding like Paul. Right. That's, I mean, you were talking about the, you know, the size and shape of some of these guys in the tribute bands. And uh, sometimes the ace looks like the little robot from Buck Rogers. And <laughs> you know, like they don't exactly look, you know, ace was tall, thin and lanky. And you it's, know. A, it's amazing if you, when you watch some of those clips that, that drifted out during the, uh, the great, you know, kind of flood of videos last summer, there was one from the, like, Destroyer era where they're in, like, a, outside a hotel or whatever. They're getting ready to go to an autograph signing. They're all paper thin. Yeah. Paul, Ace, yes. even Gene with the makeup turns, and they're, like, you could, they're, like, rails. Well, Peter Chris is a rail. Paul said they lived on soup and candy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and it's just funny because I think that's one of the things is, you know, now, you know, Paul Stanley's tweeting, well, I fell on my bike or yeah, I've got a coffee. I, I, gotta, and- I tell you, I take exception with that. And it's tough with, with the media, the social media today, because, you know, I, I'm not going to say fell in love, but my, my kiss passion was the guy that was Paul Stanley. Right. The, you know, that character, the the role that he played, and 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 he admits that it, it's not who he is. That that is an alter ego of himself. But now we're just we have Stanley Eisen, right. and that sometimes is that's not Paul Stanley, and that that sometimes really like. You know, I'm a big Paul fan, but sometimes I I don't want to hear from Stan. I want to hear from Paul. <laughs> You right. want to be ten years old again? Yeah, I want that. I want, no, I want that for your birthday. I want right. that rock and roll swagger. He was a rock star, you know, making love, Mr. Speed, room service. Like, you know, that's Paul. Not, you know, I'm going to make a couple of bowls of pasta and a pizza, <laughs> and, and I know more about wine than you. 
you know, he's, you know, he can be a touch pretentious as, <laughs> as Stanley. Well, you know, we're going to switch gears for a second. I have a track now. I'm going to replay this because um, obviously anybody that tunes into Midnight Madness, which is my Saturday night show, which I'm going to replay this on Midnight Madness because I want you all to hear it. But one of the favorites in the Midnight Madness, everybody knows via Kiss, is Richie Scarlet. And they always say, oh, you're going to play some Richie Scarlet tonight? Well, Richie Scarlet's coming in next week, if you're listening to me live, next Friday. Sweeney's in Philadelphia. So how about we listen to some Richie Scarlet for all my Midnight Madness listeners, for all you Kiss fans, for all you Richie Scarlet fans. Here's a great track on Monco Radio where music and minds meet.
Like I said, that goes out to D and everybody who listens to Midnight Madness right here on Monaco Radio every Saturday when the clock strikes 12. You might even be listening right now. You never know. Depends day, night, wherever you are, your time zone. Hopefully things are good, right? The uh, Now, what we were just talking about there, that's Richie Scarlett, and he is coming to Sweeney's, 1363, wait, 136, so it would be 1363 and 9 or... 13639 out of say it out loud. What's his nickname? He's the emperor emperor. or the bad guy from (laughs) the wise guy from New York. I mean, really has been involved with Ace and Kiss and done stuff with Peter. I think it's fascinating. But so Richie Scarlett's playing with a band at Sweeney's, which I know a lot of people, you've played at Sweeney's, yes, right? It's, you know, right there. thousands of times. Yeah, who'll be there with Dino Fergosi, who's a lot of fun. It's going to be a great show. Go to Sweeney's and pack that joint. Now, I know that place, it will be packed. I was talking to Dee, and she says, I think the last time, Dee Barlotta, of course, my friend, that uh, she's the one who actually turned me on to that song and said, you know, the, yeah, the last time it was sold out. Well, Dino they, usually brings a crowd, they even when Richie one Scarlet's not there. So, you know, it's going to be <laughs> definitely packed. It will be a rock show to remember, I'm sure. So now one thing that I want to kind of, before we go any further, um, is we're going to talk about the fact that I did get a second track for the kiss room demos project so those of you that are out there that are musicians anybody out there that you know we've uh we kicked off the last kiss room demos project oddly enough with your amazing song one last kiss that's the Ah, first track on number six which really needs to be the song for the montage when they leave the stage you know i I agree it makes me cry every time when the credits roll in the documentary that's the song well because when it gets to the (laughs) end and you start hearing the way you weaved together the voices the bits yeah and by the time it hits jr saying you wanted the best and you got it that makes me cry every time yeah you know it's really just amazing the way you did that and guess what we're going to take a caller i love it when people call in caller who is on the line Hey, this is Frank Alonso. Uh, Fran, how are you? Look, it's a, it's a Kiss Room House Band reunion. Fran's coming yes, to I'm, us live from Wildwood today. Now he's Wildwood, down there. New Jersey. Are you, New Jersey. Are you, are you being confronted by any $5 an hour day drinking ghouls? <laughs> <laughs> Not today. But I, I just got done dropping uh, my wife and daughter off at the convention center. Because Gianna is getting a tattoo. Uh-oh. What? And yes, a kiss tattoo. Now I, I was thinking of getting you know a picture of Bob Dreher on one of my teeth, but <laughs> Marcy was against it. So. <laughs> but uh, just having a good time, good weather, except for yesterday. And today's our last day. We come home tomorrow. But um, you know, I was listening in, and uh, yeah, it's funny because. You know, my band, The Launch Place, Sweeney's, and normally, I, you know, I wouldn't uh, tell people to go to Sweeney's when I'm playing, but next Friday, I'm playing all the way in Altoona. Altoona! <laughs> right. So, uh, if you're in the sound of Matt's voice, go to Sweeney's next week, and if you live in Altoona, go see The Launch. Yeah, you, Fran, <laughs> you've seen Dino play before, right? Yeah, he, he's great. He's, he's, he's a wild man. Right. It's going to so, be a great show with... Definitely. You're right. You're going to have the Emperor and the Wild Man yeah. on one stage. <laughs> yeah. That's a small stage yeah, for that much guy. energy, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. So hopefully the next, because this is the second time they're there. And, uh, you know, I talked to Dino, you know, and he said, you know, I guess through the, you know, in couple, coming months he'll be playing again. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see them play together. 
So now, look, we were just talking about um, KISS 2.0, the idea of a KISS 2.0. What's your take on that future ace of KISS 2.0? Well, you know, like, you know, Jeremy said, you know, it's got to be young guys. Uh, you know, we're too old. So, uh, but, you know, speaking of old people, I, I think, you know, like, a lot of older people would rather go to a nice theater with nice seats than to, you know, to go to Wells Fargo and pay 50 bucks for parking and, um, you know, stand the whole night, you know. So I, I think there's definitely a market for that, you know. So, definitely. yeah, I mean, could you see it? Like, how about the theater that you played at with, uh, or when you did the Green Day show? Right, the land is here. Right. I mean, I mean, they could pack that show. place, right? I mean, right. yeah, I saw Mr. Speed there and it was awesome. See, yeah, so, so, so you I mean, can do right. that, but yeah. Well, like Matt said, too, like, you know, it's, even if it's as great as Kiss, as, as you remember, you know, you don't want to spend more than, you know, to me, 50 bucks tops to see a tribute act. In 10 years, though, we're going to be dead. Right. <laughs> I'll meet you at that crater in the ground that used to be where I lived. Right. I might end up... I might end up cremating y'all. Like, look at Fran. Fran's a perfect example, right? Fran was into Kiss, and he probably got into Kiss later than I did. But now his yeah. daughters go to the show, and they're, they know all about Kiss. They've been on the Kiss room. Who's to say they won't right. want to go see Kiss 2.0 sometime in the future? Which is super crazy when you think about it. I remember I think the first time they came in here was during that Alive 75 night, and the two girls right. stood in the corner with Marcy and wouldn't talk and then little by little over the years wanted to sing and you had them singing and they knew the songs and and now and now she's getting a tattoo on And now they even they even help with the Kiss Room house band. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean it's just it's amazing. In fact, I think his daughter is on the the live broadcast today. Fran, you want to go boogie right? board? Yes, you know the lines. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh so, I, you know, I heard you played an extreme uh, cover, Strutter, and I wonder if everyone like me, when when he says walk, thought it was Paul Stanley. <laughs> See, and that's the fun thing is, like, even there, one of the things that we talked about was I think the hardest part for any tribute band, especially if they're going to go out and be unmasked, you got to find a guy that, first of all, that can sound like Paul. Yeah. And Paul has one of the most right. unique voice, yeah. most unique you, voices of rock. You need to be deaf in one ear yep. to have his voice. How there's a depth to his voice yes. that I think that it's most, a, and especially 80s, 80s metal, most of them had the higher voices. You know, but when you think about it, like somebody like Dio. Or Paul, or I always say Eric Adams from Manowar, but there's a low voice quality that I think most of the other bands, and, and not to, and now look, everybody, I say no drama on the Kiss Room. You can all say, well, so and so from this band has a great, yeah, I'm sure they have a great voice. But Paul Stanley's Paul voice is super range. unique. Right. And from those low parts all the way up to those screaming parts, especially when you get into the 80s, where now yeah. he's going high. Yeah. And, and probably, probably could have. Not done as much, <laughs> right? Seriously, because he could sing the songs now. You know what I mean? Like, but but that was what was hit back then, right? That you was know? the thing. Think right. of the bands that were back: the Queensrÿche, Judas Priest, all the no, that was pretty great. Look at that! You had to be here. You should have seen the look Jerry was singing like he really meant it. <laughs> 
speaking of extreme, uh, they're at the Keswick tomorrow night, so uh, I hope to see a lot of friends there tomorrow. Extreme is at the Keswick tomorrow night? Yeah, we are living color. It'll be an awesome show. So everybody listening live, that would, have, of course, be, I guess, August 12th if you're listening live. And if you're listening on the 13th, you missed it. Hey, it's probably a really All good right. show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fran, we got to make time at some point to come back in, you know, and play live on the Kiss Room. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, free up your schedule. Absolutely. Well, you figure we're definitely we're going to be back to our Saturday. schedule, you know, because we're going to be back to the second Friday. You know, of course, Fridays on Monaco Radio, we're back to the Friday Party Pack, which means there's a different show every Friday, 3 o'clock. First Friday of the month, you got Tanya Beck with the Smooth Operator. She's doing Smooth Jazz and Silky Soul. Kick your weekend off early with Tanya. Second Fridays, you get Harem, you get the Kiss Room. If you're listening right now, you know that. Third Fridays is a show called One Hit Wonders with Jim Bedrosian. He is fantastic and excited. Three o'clock every Friday. Fourth Fridays, I got to find somebody. I think I have a couple people in mind that are going to join it. But that's the thing. We're back to our schedule. So pick a day, come in. We'll do a Thanksgiving special. Of course, we're going to do huge Christmas special, which I want to talk about that, the Kiss Room Demos Project. But uh, Fran, any last words? Because we're heading up to the top of the hour. We're going to find out about day drinking ghouls. Well, I remember one time I was picking on my daughter at the sounds, and uh, I missed my exit. Well, today I just missed. Uh, I just went two blocks uh, farther, so, so that's good. So, uh, Mister Guys, uh, definitely want to uh, come in live, and uh, I look forward to it. And uh, have a great rest of the show. I'll talk to you guys later. Fran, thanks a million. We'll synchronize our calendars. We'll get it all to happen. All right. Thanks, pal. See ya. So that's great, Frank Galanti. Of course, kind of a Kiss Room house band reunion here. I got Jerry Lee Watkins. Now, it's funny because I did just kind of talk about the fact that, um, you know, the Kiss Room demos project, we're up to volume seven. Okay, now what I'm trying to do is get people the concept, which I started a bunch of years ago, was real simple. If you could write a song and say, hey, look, Kiss, you could cover this or Ace or anybody, just send it to me. It's fun because then in December when we have our our Christmas party in December, I'll play them all. Right now I have two, okay, because I got one. um, Last month I, I had played, it's from Bart Pickard, it's called Children of the Night. I got a second track, which is called 911 from, of course, Iron Fist. Everybody that listens to the Kiss Room knows Iron Fist. So if you're out there, maybe it's your song from your band back in 1995 and you had long hair and it was so cool and and nobody's ever heard it because it lives on a cassette in your room. If you can (laughs) just get me an MP3, look, I'll play that. But especially, look, some of them, that's the fun thing. Back then, 1992, 93, people are recording tape to tape. It's fun to hear the creativity, the ingenuity, the talent. You couldn't necessarily fix the vocal like every note and Melodyne or Auto-Tune or whatever people are using now. But speaking of demos, and since we played um, some Richie Scarlet, this again goes out to all the Richie Scarlet fans. This is actually an Ace demo, and I'll talk about it on the other side, right here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet.
All right, so that, of course, that's a, a demo from the original Fraley's Comet before the Fraley's Comet album that we knew, okay? What we know, what we had released. Richie Scarlett's still in the band at that point. I love that song. It's called Angel. It's uh, I had it on a cassette, believe it or not. I digitized it this morning to bring it in. It says Ace 1985 demo, so there's not a whole lot of information on it. I'm sure somebody, some historian out there has more information than I do, but uh, I love that song, and, and that, of course... Uh, for everybody who is going to go see Richie Scarlett next Friday at Sweeties, right down the street, it's about a half hour. It's our backyard here, you know, from uh, Monaco to Philly, right on the kind of Philadelphia suburbs. And I, I used to live down that area, long, long time ago. Long time. But yeah, the Kiss Room House Band demos project. So if you have a song, maybe you want to write a song. I think that would be super interesting. What would you write? If you, you know, had the chance, what's on your mind? What might they sing about? You know, I mean, and it's funny when I, I always say it, when I started that project, I always said to myself, you know, I might get a lot of, you know, right? but, but we ended up getting amazing stuff, yeah. you know, and people have great equipment now to record. So, I mean, if you have an idea, do it, recruit your friends. If nothing else, it's a great fun time. You know, and we'll play it. And like I always say, that girl at the Wawa, when, she, when she's taking your money and she's checking you out and she's going to look at you a little longer while you're getting your coffee and say, I heard you on the kiss room. <laughs> okay, you're famous, right? And you'll say, yes, would you like a selfie? I just signed a six album deal. <laughs> I'm from Iron Fist. <laughs> See, look, that's the thing that Mike, they'll recognize Mike at whatever. I don't know. I don't know if they have Wawa where he lives. I don't know. You'll have to tell so, us, nah. Mike Rule. You'll have to tell us what your local. I always use Wawa because that's kind of like a this area thing. But throughout the country, you're probably thinking, what's a Wawa? The 7 Eleven is national. 7 right? Eleven. Yeah. Okay. The girl at the 7 Eleven. So sort of the like girl that. at the Sheets. The girl at the Royal Farms. Yeah. Wherever you are, you know what I'm talking about. So the. Uh, but I mean, that's another one of the things that we were talking about. And obviously, we just talked with Fran as well. You've managed to really capture the Kiss sounds in the Kiss Room house band stuff. And, and it's funny how every era, you you adjust the stuff so it sounds accurate to the era. Yes. And I know if Bobby was here, he'd be going, yeah, and all about gear. <laughs> Talk about, like, what kind of gear are you using to capture that uh, stuff? I have a very simple, basic setup. I went to recording school back in the 80s when things weren't digital. Right. So I come primarily from an analog world, but I also worked in, you know, video production for years. So I, I kind of saw both sides. I, I, you know, morphed into the digital world. So I have a very, very simple setup. I mean, if anyone really saw my setup, they would be, you know, confused as to how I'm getting the results <laughs> that we're getting. Like, in in music production and video and film... Uh, there's there's always a lot of extra stuff. For years, you know, there were big giant boards and racks and racks and racks of gear. And then technology, you know, sized that down to a laptop. But still today, uh, there are still racks and racks of gear right. in the studios now. They're still using the gear. It's just in a digital sense. And I, I kind of never really got into that. I'm like I, I just explained to you, I'm a, I'm a staunch minimalist. So you can imagine my studio is, is really just what it needs to be. And, you know, capturing the, the essence of those records, is I, I, I mentioned previously, back in the 70s and early 80s, there, there wasn't a lot of app gear. There was only so many delay units and reverb units. They were 
infamous and, and you use them only, you know, and only certain types of compressors. So it's kind of easy to go backward. You know, it's, it's actually harder to do something new forward, right? Because there's so much stuff that you right. can use. Back then, you know, it was really about basic EQ and some basic effects. And if you could capture the, the room essence, you're, you're good, you know. Uh, you know, like the, the guitars on Hotter Than Hell are really buzzy and, and, and don't have a lot of mid-range, you know. You just, a lot of it's really easy to pick up on, you know. And there's, and even the guitar effects, there was, there was only, Ace hardly ever used an effects, a, a roto-vibe here and there, a wah-wah, a phase shifter. It's a Marshall turn to 10. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And a lot of the Kiss guitar tones, are, it's just a matter of, adjusting the mid-range a little bit, you know, and, and that's usually the producer's choice, you know what I mean? I, and, you know, once, I think once one record was made, if the same producer didn't do the same record, they usually kind of followed sort of the same pattern. I think Kiss specifically, you know, tried to make each record sound different. I think they were always trying to hit it, hit a big one, if you know what I mean. Sure. Like it really went out of the park. And, uh, you have to do that. If you know everybody wants wants the band to sound the same and and play the same, but that's boring as hell. And as a musician, it's it it allows you for zero growth. You have to step out. Your mu- music is is ultimately a reflection on what's happening. And if what's happening changes, you got to change. I mean, and I, I loved every Kiss change. There wasn't one Kiss change that I didn't like. Right, agreed. I, I wasn't really into Carnival Souls, but I was much older when that record came out. So I was... Plus the timing of Carnival of Souls. Yeah. Like, because I mean, now, like everybody, and we've talked about that, that cassette floated out during the reunion tour. But I go so, back now with the Kiss Room House band, like... Right. And we're doing some tunes from Carnival Souls, and I'm loving... And they sound great. I'm loving that record now. Like, uh, you know, I never even gave it a shot, but... In the interest of making all the songs, because we're going to complete the entire Kiss catalog <laughs> at some point, <laughs> and we're even going to do the demos. We're going to finish, like uh, you know, the old songs that never got finished. We're going to do Lita, and we're going to do all that, and you know, that's all those outstanding. Old songs. You're like, uh, see, you're much too young. All that stuff. We're going to do it <laughs> because all. Because you're much too young. Yeah, we're going to do now. All everyone's that stuff. much too young. <laughs> well, tell you what. Speaking of the Kiss Room house band, it's let's head to the top of the hour you. and let's go. Meet, meet you in the kiss room. Meet, meet you in the kiss room. With Matt Porter and the podcast crew. Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the kiss room. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the kiss room on Montco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. That familiar intro means that we're into the second hour of the Kiss Room. Of course, usually I stand here and go, man, I really want to thank Jerry Lee Watkins and Frank Galanti, but not Jerry, I'm going to throw it to you. I really appreciate you being here today. This is really fun. Excellent. This is Jerry Lee Watkins from the Kiss Room, live from Monco Radio. We're going to Wildwood, New Jersey, where Fran is live. Wildwood. 
Wild with the jersey. Here comes Frank Galante. In studio with the Kiss Room House Band. Now here's your host, Fran Galante. Spring will soon be gone. What's up, Kiss fans? I'm coming to you live from the sunny beaches of Wildwood, New Jersey. I've been coming to these shores for years. Hey, Dad, want to go boogie boarding? Sure, I'll be right there. I remember going to Convention Hall as a kid and thinking, wow, Kiss was here. Subsequently, some of the Alive record was captured here. Speaking of Alive, I'm about to grab my boogie board and head into the ocean. I hope the jellyfish are at bay. I wouldn't want to get a parasite.
One Choco Taco, please. Hey, we was all out of those Choco Tacos. We're, we're done with them. We don't carry them anymore. What? This is an outrage. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do, guy? It's one of my Wildwood traditions. Hey, I got so much ice cream here. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Oh, well. Ice now that the sun is going down, ice. I'm going to hit the boardwalk, grab some pizza, and hit some rides. It's a great night, and I'm feeling lucky. The Tilt-A-Whirl's packed, and the roller coasters are roaring overhead. There are people from all over the world having a great time on this summer night. This whole place is like a psycho circus.
into tram cars, they barely look old enough. I guess you can say they are baby drivers.
A Jersey Shore landmark has burned to the ground. Chopper 10 over what was Castle Dracula in Wildwood. You can see now it's just a pile of burnt rubble. The famous haunted house has been a boardwalk mainstay since the 1970s. One of my favorite stops on the boardwalk was Castle Dracula. The giant haunted castle just above Pier 2. It's a Chickies and Pete's restaurant now. I would wait all year long for the pleasure of having the wits scared out of me by a $5 an hour ghoul who just got off the beach after a day drinking. Somehow I knew if Gene Simmons was in Wildwood, he would make a stop at Castle Dracula. And maybe, just maybe, he would be inspired to write this next track. Here's Unholy.
carry up one dollar while he does it. One dollar wins. Everyone's a winner here. First prize, first shelf, everybody gets a win. The sun is going down on the boardwalk, and we have time for one more track. Marcy and I have reservations at our favorite seafood joint, and I'm starving. Don't forget to check out this and our huge collection of KISS covers by searching the KISS Room House Band on YouTube or Rumble. Well, I've been trying to pop these balloons for hours. I don't think these darts have a point. Hold on, let me ask this guy. Hey, bud, do these darts have a point? What do you mean, of course everybody's a winner. Just put down your money, spend a dollar. Does anyone ever win this game? Try your luck, spend a buck, what the? I mean... Catch you all next month for our 1978 solo album set recorded absolutely live in the Kiss Room. Stay cool out there. Everybody's a winner. You've got nothing to lose. Shake it, 
And that's how we do it. And that's how you do it. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> We're having the best time in here listening. Look, if you're out there, see, in my vision, it's like you're going to take this out with you to the pool and you're going to be floating around. There's a party in a box. You guys nailed it again. Absolutely. Thank you. We're going to put together fun. the whole Alive record very soon because we, we did finish it. We have all the Alive versions of the song. We're going to, I'm going to put it together just like the record mm. with the flange beginnings and the endings. And that's outstanding. Yeah. Oh, man. See, look, everybody out there, you could do creative, fun stuff, or you could just join the party with us. How great was that? Again, hats off to you. Fran called in earlier. We had Fran. We have Jerry Lee Watkins right here in the studio with us, Kiss Room House Band, always having the most fun. That's what we're doing. So, uh, you know, that was really incredible. Some of the stuff that we were talking about, even while that was, you know, stuff like, you know, the fact that you're doing Carnival of Soul songs. A lot yeah. of people maybe don't yeah. even know a lot of those Carnival of Soul songs. But the fact that you're pulling in there's Psycho Circus. I know that's Candy's favorite I, song. You I, know. I really enjoy actually doing, um, you know, for me, for the Kiss Room House Band, the best and funnest songs are like from Unmasked. And the Elder and Carnival Souls. These are these are the different Kiss records, and even Destroyer in some sense, where it's not basic rock and roll. Like Unmasked has a ton of keyboards and pianos and acoustic guitars and clean guitars. Not everything's distorted. It's like the Shandy and you know, like there there. It's a it's a much bigger challenge than say capturing Hotter Than Hell. You know. What do you think? What, like thinking back, like you've done so many of the songs. Which have been the ones that were maybe the trickiest, or which was one where you, re as you really started to dissect, you thought, "Man, there's a lot more going on here than I thought." Uh, it was one of the songs we just did from Unmask. I'm trying to remember um, what one, what one we did, but um, it was the one with the keyboard solo in it. Um, I can't say that word, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, that that turned out to be a lot. I was very proud of that. Uh, is what I want to say. When it was done, I was like, "Wow, this is this sounds good, just like the record, maybe even better." You know, like there's been a couple of them. Um, great expectations. I think we did a great version of that. Absolutely. And and at, again, that's a challenging song. It has a choir and it has strings and pianos and acoustic guitars. So I kind of like delving into the things that are a little bit more, you know, intricate and not. As not that it isn't fun to do the basic rock tunes, but it's certainly a recording challenge, which you know I enjoy. So look, of course, we're talking to Jerry Lee Watkins, one of the masterminds of the Kiss Room House Band. And we were talking earlier, if you tuned into the first hour, I talked a lot about the Kiss Room Demos Project. And I think that's one of the things that I love, just spotlighting people's creativity, people's talent, you know, getting people involved, letting you do your thing. Everybody has a story. Everybody really should have a band. You should all have a band so you can sing what you want. Even if it sounds like Kiss, even if it's a band that maybe writes in the style of Kiss, but isn't Kiss, but it's something like this.
yeah. So, of course, look, that's Classic 78. If you listen to the Kiss Room for more than a minute, you've heard Classic 78. Obviously, they've blown up. Those guys are great. That is, that's why if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I don't know that song. What, what album is it from? It's Classic 78. It's from their album. That's Phantoms, I think, that came from. And, of course, like I said, Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 7. It just if you're creative, do something fun. I think it'd just be fun. I'd love to hear people's take on it. That's kind of my whole thing with all this stuff is spotlighting talented Kiss fans or spotlighting anybody. I just you know it's just fun. The uh, with that in mind, I'm gonna quick just uh, do this. I have a it's a short list. I, I didn't really promote this episode that much because I I got a late start. It's been a busy summer, but a bunch of you, my favorite people, always do hit the share button to tell people that we're live. And obviously, it's tough to get the word out because Facebook kind of buries it. But Britton Mitchell, of course, from Kiss Cosplay, he's actually tuned in. Britton, thank you a million. Josie and Belly is probably listening with one earbud in and one earbud out if he's in a meeting. I love that. David Cathy, Melissa DeRoba, Steve Campagna, of course, part of the Kiss Room House Band, Dottie Jones, Ricky Cook, Javier Boaster, Rolla Brown from the North Carolina Kiss Army, Dean John, James West, Sam Dot, Mikhail Burel, Alan Tate, Cameron Duty from, of course, Cameron's cameron's kiss club that's the proper name cam's kiss club saturday mornings nine o'clock right here on monco radio you can tune in start your weekend nine o'clock every saturday with cameron duty you love it of course kiss army omaha omaha cat <laughs> mara i want to give a special shout out pasquale Barry and the kiss army nation podcast and punk and judy which of course are eric and judy wisniewski from the electric crush now look both are shows that, that I really listen to all the time. And, I mean, there's a lot of great podcasts. There's tons of them. I would give a shout-out, Decibel Geek Podcast. They just did their Kissmas in July. Had fascinating stories from Kiss fans. I've been really thinking a lot about what do people want to hear on a podcast. And then I'm thinking, what do I like to hear? Punk and Judy, The Electric Crush, is every Wednesday night. They go out 7 to 9, Tube City Online. I just enjoy their show so much because it's a great mix of... Them talking, now obviously, look, they're married. They have a great rapport. The two of them together, the chemistry is fantastic. They're great people to begin with. But it's one of those things where I just, they have great music. I just enjoy listening to them. They inspire me because I say, I hope somebody out there enjoys the Kiss Room like I enjoy the Electric Crush. It's my habit on a Wednesday night. You got to get home. And I got to listen to that. And I make Julia listen to it too because, you know, whatever daddy's listening to, that's what we're going to listen to. Same with Pasquale Vary and the Kiss Army Nation podcast. They focus primarily on Kiss fan stories. That's what I like. I want to hear about Kiss fan stories. So those are the kind of things, in a way, What those two podcasts, the reason why I'm kind of putting them on the spot was, uh, and I want to hear, I want to get some feedback from all of you. What do you kind of look for in a podcast? What do you look for in the Kiss Room? The Kiss Room, I started really thinking about this when I played those that tribute a couple months ago to Frank Hagen. And it really is, today is very reminiscent of, to me, the early days of the Kiss Room were really just me playing music. Sometimes I have a friend in here. I had Frank on the first show. I have Jerry Lee Watkins today. They were simple. It was about the music. My phone would blow up. People told me what songs they wanted. It was pretty simple. Um, what do you want? Like, what do you people like? I mean, like, what when I say you people, I mean, it's, I mean, the, you know, people. people, everybody that listens, because I'm always curious. You know, it's one of those things. You don't always get a lot of feedback. And then you. I say, I don't give a lot of feedback. Like, I listen, I, I don't ever miss. The Electric Crush. I never miss, like, I listen to every one of those Kiss Army Nation podcasts. 
because the main thing is it's always positive. And like the one thing about Kiss Podcast, look, the day that I do the episode where I, what's the worst Kiss song? And this is what I hate about Kiss. <laughs> Please, somebody come in and put a collar on me and throw me behind the barn. I just, I don't like that. I don't like the negativity. It's like, if, if you're on stage doing something, somebody that's sitting at home probably shouldn't be really that, you know, like, you know, oh, that's not how I do it. Well, yeah. then maybe you should go out and do it. Start your own band. Start your own radio show. You know, it's all about the fun stuff to me. It's like, you know, and then, oh, well, you're looking through rose-colored glasses. And it's like, no, no, I, I'm doing this because I like it. If people want to listen, great. You know, that's kind of the key. You know, it's funny. I always bounce a lot of stuff off my brother. And... um you know, and, and we always say, like, look, if, you, if you're if you going to do it, you got to do it positive. You know, you got to do it because you love it. And with that in mind, I got a, a couple more people on the list to shout out. Martin DiDomaso, Bill Elam, of course, over at A to Z Radio. Renee Lascott is listening. Uh, AJ Zone. And, of course, Anthony Porter. I was hoping he might even come here today. But he's, of course, playing at the barbecue. And, you uh, mentioned Anthony. Anthony Porter. Yes. The, the other night, about a week ago, I'm at a function for my son's school. And we're talking about where our kids are going to go to high school. And someone says, oh, well, my kid's going to go to... Uh, to Solberry uh, School. Solberry. And I said, Solberry, do you know Anthony Porter? And this girl was like, oh, my God, I love him so much. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, but I have a total crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> now, look... Anthony Porter, if you're listening, see, somebody might have heard your song on Monaco Radio. And that's, you know, they have a... That's awesome. I, no, he I, really is the no, legend. Either she works there or one of her kids goes there. Wow. I think she might work there. You know what? It's funny because... Um, he's got a secret admirer. He's... Last year, they the class chose him to be their speaker at, yeah, that's at their That's what she said. The yeah. kids love him and he's so good with the kids. Positive. And, and you know... Yeah. And... He, and you know, and it's funny because, I mean, look, we always joke about it, but, I mean, as far as creativity, I'm going to play this song right now. I think this is the song of the year. This is Three Chord Money. We're just giving my brother a shout-out. Um, if if you can't vibe with this, I don't know. I don't know. i got to love anything. I'm not gonna write a sad song tonight Cause I'm not gonna play them anymore I push back on the hard times And I just don't wanna fight I'm not gonna play them anymore Hope at a high road Hope and a high road Running numbers up and down the line I say I love you every time you call I'm always gonna ask you And I hope you're doing fine I say I love you every time you call Hope at a high road 
hope and a high road. Maybe sometimes I'm alright. Maybe sometimes I'm all wrong. All along. Hope and a high road Hope and a high road So, of course, we were just talking about Anthony Porter, giving him a shout out. He's probably all, you know, like, wow, look, they're talking about me on the radio. (laughs) But that is Three Chord Money. Those songs, since we last were with you, those songs are all now available on all your digitals. If you listen to it a million times, I think they get half a penny. So, like, I'm not trying to sell it to you. I'm just trying to play it for you. I'm not going to write a sad song tonight because I'm not going to play it anymore. That's the vibe. No more negativity. Always fun. Okay? That's the whole point. That's what it's all about. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. So uh, we want to go to threechordmoney.com. Just search threechordmoney.com. Search threechordmoney. Um, Anthony plays a bunch of places. They were at the car show last week and had the greatest time. It was Anthony and a bunch of celebrity guests that got up and sang, and it was great fun. And I really uh, can't say enough. I'm really uh, thrilled with those guys on the new rec- recording. He's a great talent, that kid. I yeah, love him. He loves <laughs> and, and we were just talking about that. You said you're working on a new project. Talk about I that. I am. I um, Well, you can always find out where I'm playing and performing at Jerry, jerryleewatkins.com. Um, but I got involved about January uh, with a guy named John Watkins, who was no relation to me. And <laughs> John is known in the professional world as Pyro John. And he was the leading pyrotechnics person for almost every band on the planet. Wow. Van Halen, Kiss, um, you know, so many different bands. And we're working on three books, one which is um, his interactions with rock stars. Like, I'll just give you a list. John Lennon, Johnny Cash, Bill Graham, Ted Nugent, Johnny Rotten, Jerry Garcia, Angus Young, Richard Pryor, Eddie Van Halen, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Keith Richards, Steven Mm. Tyler. The list goes on and on. This guy essentially had a front row seat to almost every great concert for 15 years or so. Mm. And has so many great stories. This is going to be a, a really great book. I don't know when we're going to finish up, probably by the spring. But I would really encourage everyone to go check out Pyro John. He's got some some really great stuff coming out. And he's he's writing a book particularly with his... he Two of his biggest clients were Van Halen and uh, Rick James. And does so. he have all ten fingers? <laughs> Uh, he was blown up by Steve Perry. Oh, my God. The guy from Journey, yes. Oh, so, uh, that's crazy. Uh, he has some incredible, I mean, stories that you would think 
were fake, mm. but that are absolutely real, you know, uh, involving a cast of characters that are, are just, you, you know, your imagination just goes wild. <laughs> uh, they're short, condensed stories. They're not too worried, you know. It's a really good, I, 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 I refer to it like a, like a rock and roll coffee table book, you know. Right. Um, there's just some great little chunk stories if you're into that kind so of... So where can people get it? Well, it hasn't been published yet. Okay. I'm, I'm editing it and producing it, and we're about three quarters done the first book right now. Wow. So it's going to be a little bit until we get it published, probably probably the summertime or maybe you know closer to September or something. That's outstanding. Well, I'll tell you what, it's funny. We're running out of time. The summer is rapidly coming to a close. Indeed. So I want to kind of give you a, a last bit of just summer juice. This is the Rock City Machine Company. We'll talk about this on the other side right here on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet.
Now, look, how about that? Well, that's how we're going to kind of, I'm going to play one more song because we got a little bit more time. But that is the Rock City Machine Company, which, of course, if you followed the Kiss Room at all, if you, these guys are the greatest. Of course, that is Ryan Spencer Cook, Jeremy Asbrock, Philip Schaus. You know them as the Rock and Roll Residency or the Big Rock Show or Ace Fraley's band or the Gene, Gene Simmons, Simmons band. band. The greatest guys, Supertown, you got to go. It's Lindsley Records. You can get their new album. If you listen to our interview with them back at Rock and Pod earlier in the year, they said, look, we got a whole album finished. We're just waiting to set it loose. And now it's set it, they set it loose. You can get it. You could order it. If that song, it's perfect for kind of wrapping up the summer, okay? Now... I'm going to take one more song because, like I said, I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear, like, what do you want in the rest? Like, what do you want to hear on the Kiss Room? What are the things you like? Maybe what are the things that annoy you? I've had a week where I've gotten a lot of people who tell me, you know, the things that are horrible about everything, and I get real sick of that. I want to hear what you like. If But, it, look, if you tell me I don't like when you do this or that, or that's interesting, too. You're probably not listening if you think that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, look, right? But, uh, look, here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's all about fun. If something is traumatic for you, don't listen to it. Don't dwell on it. Stay where you're at, okay? I've had a long week. It's been a great summer. Kind of, here's some words to live by, okay? Courtesy of the birthday boy himself. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. One of my most, just idols on this planet. I believe in you, Gene. Happy birthday. Homonco Radio.
Yeah. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. Happy birthday, Vinnie Vincent, I guess, just had a birthday, too. And I know they have something coming up with some kind of, you know, something with Vinnie. Who knows? I, I don't know what he sold it his birthday cake. You know, he sold it, and it's an empty box. So, look, we're not going to go there. We're having <laughs> only an fun. empty box. That's so, funny. it's one of those things where, you know, look, I'm thrilled that you're all tuned in. I do feel oh, like boy. the summer has flown by. It's crazy. The next time we talk to you, it'll be September. Uh, we do. We'll have a uh, solo album spotlight. Yes. 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 Super. You heard With Fran mention that. guests. Yes. Just like the solo. Guys. Jerry has Beatlemania yeah. and the London <laughs> <laughs> So look, that book sounds fantastic. Yes. Talk about real quick. We were talking during that song, which I love that song. Of course, that's it's my life. But you were talking the story about Gene Simmons and uh, yes. your friend there, that- um, Pyro John. He. Went to work. His first tour was 1979 on the Kiss Dynasty tour. And uh, he got that tour because he was working with their special effects director, who was a guy named Hank Schmel, who uh, is essentially John's mentor. And, you know, he, he got him into the business. But the story is that when Hank would cue off the bombs for the beginning of Detroit Rock City, sometimes his timing wasn't perfect. So the bombs would come a little late or a little early, which always made Gene angry. So one night as they were training John to, you know, do the, he was going to be an assistant to Hank Schmel. He went, John had, went ahead and did the Detroit Rock City cues for the pyro and they were perfect. And at the end of the night, Gene Simmons came up to him, came up to Hank, like all like flustered, like, what did you do differently tonight? Why was tonight different? It was perfect. Which Hank had to fess up that he didn't do the cues, <laughs> that the assistant, the new guy, wow, the brand new guy did the assistant. So essentially that's how they, they worked John into that position, you know, and that's how he started his career. I mean, you know, with the big career. And he went on to Van Halen and Dio and uh, Bon Jovi and Journey, like huge, huge stadium acts. This guy, if you saw anything explode, he did it. Anything on fire, he did it. He also changed Gene Simmons' blood formula. Mm. Gene did not like the way the taste of the blood he would spit and... It it you it didn't it wasn't thick enough or something to he wanted it to look like it hung on his body a little bit more you know what I mean like to, to look scarier, so John over the course of the tour would literally try all these different things and he finally came up with a good tasting I think he said it was like a you know, raspberry tasting or something like that but he made up this com- combination and he literally had to cook it every night and Gene would insist on sampling it before he used it. So every night, John had like pots and pans (laughs) and he would cook up the blood and bring bring it to Gene. For you know a sample, and John he would say, "Oh, this is perfect." You know, he would would, you know approve or disapprove, and so there's there's a lot of stories like that, little little backstories that you know, you know any rock fan will enjoy. It's really going to be a great book, and if if you can look at pyrojohn.com, I think that's his website. But you know, as we get closer to the release, I'll obviously let her. And we'll be talking about it here in the Kiss Room, Jerry Lee Watkins. I'm thrilled you joined me today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Always a great time to be here in the Kiss Room. Always a party. Great people. Great band. Fantastic. Great history. People, look like I said before. It's all about the fun. 
That's what we do here in the Kiss Room. I really do appreciate everybody that tunes in, especially if you're listening live, if you're listening on the download. Thanks for listening, especially if you listened all the way to the end, because we're at the end. Another fun Kiss Room. I appreciate you, people. Give yourself a big hug. Have the most fun time ever. And we'll see you next month right here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? I'll tell you something. You know, a lot of bands like to brag about their fans. Now, naturally, you better believe we brag about you, but we want you to know something. We want you to know, we know that you are our fans, but don't you ever forget, we are your fans! We love you! Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations no but i will say something to anybody out there that's you know the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for don't think it's so weird maybe someday somebody lets you give you the chance to make a living out of it you just stick to it you'd be weird <laughs> <laughs>